Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I am your quote-unquote anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And joining us once again, it's been a long one. I looked this up. You you haven't uh, been on here since the episode, since like episode 48 or some shit. Don't quote me on that. It's in the 40s. Uh, Domenico, the private citizen. Hey, thanks for having me. When when exactly was that? Because I was actually trying to think about that recently. Uh, I couldn't even remember the last time I was on. You were, I mean, I know you were on for a JoJo. You were on for JoJo part yes, four. And it's, I think JoJo was, was the last one, yeah. And it's funny because I considered doing another JoJo with you. I was going to do the Italian season with you, but I'm just like, you know what, man? I don't think Domenico, you know, we've, with Domenico, we've done a lot of the shonens. We did Baki, that was shonen. You know, it's like, you know, boy, boys fighting each other. We've done Dragon Ball, of course. I mean, again, that that's your masterpiece. You coming on four times in a row for Dragon Ball. And then... Yeah. And then now you've got, uh, you know, you finally did a JoJo. That was a big one. And I was like, you know what? I could do another JoJo with you. But then again, you know, let's let's give you a movie. And uh, I gave you a fucking movie, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, here we are. I probably would have much preferred doing a JoJo, but that's fine. You know, <laughs> we're, we're here now. It's all good. Yeah, let's uh, let's look up the text I sent you because here's the thing. So the movie, you know, if you're clicking on the episode, you know the movie we're doing. We are doing the movie Mind Game. It is from 2004. It uh, it was a film that I've been wanting to visit for a long time. I mean, that's the thing about this podcast. Like when we first when we first started the podcast, a lot of these things that we've watched were things I was already familiar with. But sometimes I like to be the one who's like, "Hey, I've heard of this, but let's just go in blind and." Sometimes, sometimes it pays off, and sometimes I'm just like, I'm woefully unfucking prepared for this. <laughs> uh, and that's what we got here. This film was praised heavily by one of my favorite directors who we've already covered extensively, Satoshi Kon, which is why I wanted to watch it. Was directed by Masaki Yusa. He has uh, done a show we've covered before called Devilman Crybaby. Devilman Crybaby was something he did years after this film. But, uh, you know, if you've listened to our Devilman Crybaby miniseries, that is also a very bonkers series. But it, it is, it is. I don't want to call it restrained because it's also a show where the world ends and there's child murder and demons eating each other and people being murdered in all sorts of ways. And yet, I think it's a far more coherent story than what we watched here, which is Mind Game. <laughs> Yeah, you have, you have not seen Devilman Crybaby, but what I will say is that uh, Devilman Crybaby is more coherent than this. This this yeah. movie was a fucking trip. I did rewatch parts of it right before coming on this podcast, and I'm so glad I did because uh, I have gained additional respect for it. But my God, man, uh, what did I tell you? I'm looking at our text. I'm just like, I wish you well with Mind Game. This might be the most bonkers thing we've done on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's funny too is I started watching it and like th- I mean I don't want to dive right into the episode. We'll wait on that, but like three minutes into it, I uh, I almost texted you like, "Do I have to watch this?" I, like three minutes, and I was like, I was, I was like, "Is this just like a clip sort of thing? I can just skip through it, or do I have to do the full hour forty? But it started to change, so at least it drew me in a little bit. It drew you in a little bit. Yeah, one thing I almost think like. For one, for one thing, this film you absolutely cannot watch it once and enjoy it. This is a film, you know. Mm. I didn't give it a full, I didn't give it a full uh, two watches, but even then, just rewatching the opening and the ending, I was like, okay, I'm starting to understand where this film is coming from. I like, I like, it's funny. I hopped on YouTube and like rewatched one scene because I read, like, after watching it, I pulled up the Wikipedia and like looked at it a little bit. 
And then I was looking on like YouTube and I watched like rewatch a scene and like the comments were like, Oh, this is just a genius, this is a masterpiece. I'm like, Are they watching the same fucking thing I'm watching? Like, <laughs> like maybe, I don't know. If you rewatch it like five times, there might be like a deeper meaning that I'm missing, but surface level from what I saw it was ridiculous. Is this the big Lebowski of uh psychedelic anime films where the first no, time you watch I, I really like the big Lebowski, so but I, I think you discredit but- to it. But no, but I, I I didn't like The Big Lebowski when I first watched it is what I'm saying. Like when I first watched it, I'm like, this movie fucking sucks. And then I rewatched it a second time. I understand it more. Rewatch it a third time. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is hilarious. And then by, you know, the 10th time, you're like, this is the greatest movie ever made. You know, maybe, but I don't see myself rewatching <laughs> my game four or five times. So I'll, I'll, I'll never know the answer to that. You won't know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, f- for me... Uh, a good movie is a movie where scenes stick with you, even if you didn't quite understand it the first time. Uh, I, th- mm-hmm. I think a, a movie I recently watched uh, that came out this year, which I loved, called Nope. And I was like, you know, I go out of the theater. I'm like, hey, this is maybe a B, B plus. And then I'm still thinking about scenes of that film like six months later. So I'm like, well, OK, I think this is actually probably one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how Mind Game will be, but even then, like I'm reading analysis, and, and we'll get into the deeper weeds of this, and me maybe answering some of your questions. But the, oh, yeah, I have a lot of questions. So there's a lot of questions. We'll be get prepared. into it. <laughs> so this film opens in in a somewhat uh, normal way, at least the first minute. You know, it's a guy. He's in a car. It's a rainy day. He's he's tracking down some girl. He's a bad dude. I'm like, okay, kind of get this. This is somewhat of the film I expected to be. Uh, the girl, she, she tries to escape through a subway. Her leg gets caught. And then we get a ton of different visuals that seem to track the lives of two people. Upon rewatch, I was like, okay, this is actually tracking the whole entire backstory of the film. Um, but certainly upon the first watching of it, you're like, what the fuck is this? It's moving very quickly. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't I didn't catch that either. I read that on Wikipedia, I think, afterwards as well. But like the first time it just it all oh, happens just, so fast. Yeah. It's, it's so fast, it's almost nonsense. I wasn't sure if this was like backstory or if this is just like fun visual references. Again, I've I've watched enough anime. I saw uh I, I noticed that you know that kind of cartoon character that appears in the montage. I was like, okay, that's like an Astro Boy character or whatever. That that makes sense to me. But again, I was not quite sure that this was the backstory of the entire cast that we are seeing but it Mm -hmm. in fact is uh that's the benefit of this podcast you get you get answers here uh so they are they are all connected the visuals appear to be random but they are not then after this whole montage our hero nishi is with the girl Mion, and he escorts her through the rain. He flirts with You're her. You're using she... hero kind of loosely there, but well, yeah, he's 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 the lead character. I don't think he's he's okay. That... He's a lead, sure. It's I mean he, he's a heroic. He does he does defeat the bad guy and stuff. He's he's a bit of a perv, but you know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> also, I, I guess now if you're if you're gonna call him a perv, uh, he is a he is a manga artist, but of the naughty variety. <laughs> Oh, is he? That makes sense. Yeah, they they talk about it. There, there's also reference to it in like his backstory. Uh, when we see that backstory later on, he's always drawing like I naughty didn't... pictures. Uh, okay, okay, I missed that. <laughs> so he's flirting with Mion. She's a childhood friend, and then she asks him if he'd be sad if she married someone else. Here's the thing about this film. Another very important thing: the visual style constantly fucking changes. 
Yeah, there was. Uh, you remember Angela Anaconda? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. That's a good reference. I, I hope. I hope some of our younger audience, if there are people unaware, Angela Anaconda was like a cartoon, but it used like real people's faces for the characters. Yeah, so I felt like it was. It was like. Switching between anime and Angela Anaconda. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Switching between anime and Angela Anaconda. And uh, again, this is this is the, the Jack pile of references. Angela Anaconda opened the Digimon movie, the American version at least. Did it really? Yeah, there's an Angela Anaconda short, which is an Angela Anaconda crossover with Digimon the movie. And it's not just like a short that you can view I... separately on the DVD. It is literally part of the American DVD. <laughs> I thought I always thought it was a Canadian show or something. It was a Canadian show, but I guess there was a team up with Fox okay. Kids. But it is, it is it is it is part of the official runtime of the American version of the Digimon movie, where Angela Anaconda becomes a Digimon or some shit. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but uh, I suppose back in the day, back in the early two thousands, they're like, "Hey, we need more than just Digimon to get people in the theater. We need a Canadian." <laughs> television show angela anaconda to yeah hit series angela anaconda that ran for like a year and a half i uh what is it one of the one of the people i i work for at the voiceover school one of the faculty members she is angela anaconda and that's a uh, part of her uh really yeah i haven't like met her that's but crazy. like you know I, I correspond with her and that's funny so i, I know angela anaconda cool. somewhat <laughs> all right um but yeah cool. me on uh I'm pulling up my notes. Sorry, guys. This is this is this is going to be quite the podcast. Yeah, he flirts with her, and then she asks him if he'd be sad if she married someone else. We get a flashback where back in high school, Nishi wrote a note to Mion saying he liked her a lot. She wrote back saying she did too, but they only exchanged letters and emails for two years. And in the present, Nishi tells Mion she should marry him, but that's actually a fake out. He tells her he hopes she'll really be happy. Oh, fuck. I got those notes uh, confused, guys. No, there's a fake out where <laughs> also, guys, it's 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 almost Christmas. Me and Domenico are having a few, too. So <laughs> if you were. Hey, man, you, mo- shouldn't dis- you shouldn't disclose that to the viewers. Oh, no, they. they, the they listeners. Yes, yeah. <laughs> not viewers. Like, see, even you are fucking up. But hey, this is this is the Christmas mm. podcast. We get to have fun. Um, we have a couple fake outs. So we have a fake out where where Neon accepts. Uh, Nishi and she's like oh I love you so much you know thank you for being honest you know maybe maybe I'll ditch my uh, fiance but no that is not the case Nishi is a coward and instead they just go to a bar and then we meet uh, a couple characters oh, I thought that actually happened which one happens the the one that happens is the one where Nishi is a coward and they just go to the bar he's like yeah oh, I'm happy for you okay okay, okay. <laughs> gotcha this film plays with multiple realities, so it, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, it threw, it threw me off. Okay, no worries. Also, they're uh, very, they're very young. Huh? They're like twenty years old, and she's already getting married. Yeah, but I don't know. It's Japan. It's two thousand four. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's um, Japan. It's two thousand four. So they go to a bar. We see uh, Mion's father, and then this is where we learn that Nishi is a part-time manga artist. I should also note that the. This film is based off a manga called Mind Game, and the the uh, the manga is considered a semi autobiographical manga by the artist uh, who, whose last name is uh, Nishi. So that's the other thing. This is a semi autobiographical story. Uh, I'm not sure how autobiographical. Yeah, the the author's name is Robin Nishi. 
Anyways, Mion's father, he's at the bar and he rants about his life. He talks about the about the he said he had five girls in Tokyo, three in Osaka. But that all ended when his girls were born, and he says he wishes he settled with the promo girl. And now he's also got a girlfriend the same age as his daughters. Oh Good. damn. Did you not pick up on anything? I missed that. No, no, I remember that part where he's talking about he had the women back in Osaka, I believe, yeah. or wherever he would go for business trips. He's like, I had like five girls in this city, three names <laughs> the player, and he missed the promo girl, but I missed the part where he has a girlfriend now that it's his daughter's age. Oh yeah, he he should have been with the promo girl, but yeah, he he has a separate uh, girlfriend. Okay. He has a separate girlfriend because now All the right. wife is out of the picture. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, because then uh, Nishi got super mad at him for cheating on his wife. Yeah, again, you know, Nishi's being the white knight. He's like, yo, you got to treat your daughters better. And then uh, Mion's fiance, he shows up and he's a fucking stud. He's, he's you know, go- good for Mion. He's, he's much better. Mm-hmm. Than- he seems to be a good guy. He's, he's a chill dude. He seems to treat her well. And then this large man named Atsu, he's the guy who was ch- chasing Mion earlier. And his smaller friend, they show up. Uh, his smaller friend does not have a name. <laughs> Atsu, Atsu is not? a bad- yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm saying, did he not? Like, he didn't have a name. Yeah, he didn't have a name. Hmm. No, he's just okay. a Yakuza. He's he, in the Wikipedia, he said it said that he's Anaki, which means friend. So, ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, gotcha. no, uh, Atsu, yeah, he, he was the person who was looking for Mion at the very beginning of the film. He is a former uh, football player or football, as they say. So, this podcast is timed with the World Cup as well. Uh, he is looking for someone and he gets all ragey. Atsu, bad man. He gropes Mion and he pulls out a gun. And he's also pissed that Mion's father is dating one of his girls. Then he gets on top of Mion and tries to rape her. Which, again, Atsu, bad fucking man. Not good, Atsu. So that's the, re- okay, that's the reason why he was there then. Yeah, he, uh, they're looking for Mion's father um, because he, Atsu claims that he had seduced and stole Atsu's girlfriend. Which oh, okay, 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 okay. I see. I thought that uh, Atsu was angry at Mion's boyfriend, fiance, because he stole her from her. The Mion thing is revenge for um for what Mion's father for... pulled. Uh, okay. And he was like, uh, he was like hiding out too, right? That makes sense, who, actually. Yeah. Who was hiding out? Mion's father? Or? Father. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's really hiding out. He's at a fucking bar. That's a public place. It's a bad place to hide out if he's hiding out. No, but he was he was in the bar, and then he like disappeared, and they were like saying he was on vacation. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Mion, Mion's fiance Rio. Can we talk about how he was a former soccer player, but he was in uniform and carrying a soccer ball with him. Yeah, and even pops the soccer ball in his rage. <laughs> <laughs> so were they there on like Yakuza, Yakuza business, or was it just like strictly revenge, angry business? Um, I think it's mostly revenge, but somewhat of Yakuza business. I mean, then we, we, because again, later in the film, we learn that, you know, Nishi gets chased by the Yakuza. So I guess, but is he being chased because the Yakuza were pro Atsu's plan or it's just because of what happens to Atsu that they have to get revenge. So it's kind of a gray area. It's like, Hey, you you fucked with one of our guys. We kind of have to go after you. Even if the guy was a fucking idiot, you know? Anyways, he uh he he goes after uh, Atsu, bad man Atsu. He goes after Mion, and then Atsu then turns on Nishi, who is rolled into a ball, and then he places his gun uh against Nishi's uh ass. Um, I don't think you're descriptive enough. He shoved the barrel of his pistol into 
is an asshole. Like, <laughs> pants, pants still on, but he's like literally like shoved it's, gun into his butt it, while shoved. he was in like a yeah, in like a prone sort of well, maybe like a fetal position or something, but like like a prone doggy style position. He just shoved the gun into his butt. Nishi, he has a moment of courage, and he says, "I'm gonna hurt you." You know, uh, that's a noble thing to say, but it results in him getting shot just th- straight through, straight from butthole to to head. Butthole to brain, baby. Butthole to brain, yeah. And his soul literally just flies out of his body. We just see the soul. Is that how quick it is? It's is that, pretty. Is, I, I would imagine that's how fast it is. Yeah, that's how fast it is. You're just like you're, one second you're alive, the next second you're like, oh fuck, I'm in heaven. Shit, where? What? What was the process? Uh, now, I, haven't, I haven't watched a lot of anime, but I'm wondering, is that like the most embarrassing death you've ever seen in anime? I'm sure there's more embarrassing ones. I think and also the fact that it is a cowardly character who gains a moment of courage. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, okay, that's fair. But I was thinking it's like this guy, he like kind of perceives himself <laughs> as a beta. You know, he, he's with the girl he has a crush on and her fiance. And he like doesn't have the courage to say anything. And then like next thing you know, he's in like, He's in prone position with his butt out and a guy shoots him in the butthole and dies. That's a pretty rough way to go. That's a rough way to go, but uh, it leads to an arc. And hey, it it leads to more movies. So that's his his origin story right there. That's imagine if that was Spider-Man's origin story. Spider-Man's origin is that he (laughs) dies and then he comes back to life. Yeah. Uh, Atsu's boss or friend, whatever, Anaki, he isn't happy with this whole thing. And he pulls a gun on him and says, say shit pee dick ten times and to add a kiss to the last one. And Atsu does it because, you know, Atsu may talk a big game, but he's still a coward when uh, the chips are down and he still gets shot dead anyways. Atsu is dead, you know. The comedic thing was pretty wild, too. That was, I would say, like all the comedic moments out of that movie, that was probably the funniest part, maybe. In purgatory or whatever, that's how I refer to it. In purgatory or whatever, Nishi watches a replay of his death and the death computer tells him he sucks. <laughs> Just says a bunch of negative shit to him. And then Nishi grabs the screen and it reveals a desert with a shape-shifting creature at a computer. This creature is God. I mean, this is where the animation budget like shows itself because this creature is shape-shifting every single second. Uh, it it was impossible for me to keep track of the creatures. I'm sure it was impossible for you, Domenico. It's uh, yeah. There was quite a few. I will say I noticed that like I think the first or second creature, maybe it was the first one they showed you was like a, a white man with a beard. Your classical depiction of God, like he's got the white beard and it's long and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's in heaven. That's God. And then it, it just instantly starts shape shifting into a million different things. Yeah, at one point there's even like a wrestling match, so that was like uh, Nishi versus a sumo wrestler, and then a regular wrestler. So that was those were images I was able to pick up on. This whole scene is like basically the animators just going wild. So this creature, it is God, and it confirms to Nishi that he's dead. And uh, God is constantly shape shifting because Nishi can't make up his mind. So God is supposed to in in this world, God is whatever you're comfortable with. But because Nishi is in such a fucked up state. Uh, God is also in a fucked up visual state, which, you know, I, I fuck with that idea. There, there's been some movies where it's like, oh, God or an alien or whatever appears to a person in whatever form they so desire. I think there was like a movie called Contact where like God appears as like the main character's dead father or some shit because it's like, oh, hey, this is the this is a form you will accept. Um, but Nishi, 
uh, Nishi is going through some shit. So, so what was, the, what was the budget for Nishi? The the budget does not show up. I would assume it was uh, okay. a fraction of what a Disney movie costs. I can tell you that. Well, so um, what, they didn't have the budget for Morgan Freeman to be God, is what you're saying. So they had to just make it like, a shape shifting character, which I'm sure is even well. I guess Morgan Freeman is more more expensive, but the animation itself is more expensive when you have to be a shape shifter. So it's just more okay. drawings. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Nishi does manage to outrun God, and God respects this, so God lets Nishi resurrect. And in this version, uh, Nishi grabs the gun with his ass, and uh, he shoots uh, he shoots Atsu dead. And he grabs highlight of the movie, by the way. That's by far the highlight. Yeah, absolutely. Again, this movie's dealing with parallel realities. <laughs> I should say that. So he grabs the uh, the 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 gun of uh, Anaki and the car, and then Nishi he gets a call from the Yakuza boss, and he said, "Oh fuck, Domenico, I'm gonna need your help on this." The boss says sure. Atsu was the Marudona of Osaka. Maradona Mar- of Osaka. Diego okay. Maradona. He's a Argentinian uh, soccer player, highly regarded as one of the best, like top three soccer players of all time. Some people said he was the best. Uh, now Messi just won the World Cup, so he's probably considered the best. Pele's in the mix there, but yeah, he's like top three. Yeah. You have you have justified yourself being on this podcast because uh, the other guests who I considered for doing this movie would not have had the knowledge to bring this. <laughs> this is a this is an important reference. And hey, listen, Argentina yeah. just won days ago. This this podcast is timely. The era of the uh, the four month backlog is over. Our podcasts are now significantly more timely. Uh, just to the nature of scheduling. So, yeah, you heard it here first. This movie had a reference to an Argentinian soccer player, football, whatever. So it was all meant to be. So, but that's also, how good. I Googled it. He actually he died two years ago, but I guess that's uh, the COVID time warp for you. I was like, oh, he died earlier this year. It's 2020, November. <laughs> but yeah, recently. The COVID time. I know, the fucking COVID time. Where we're like, oh, I just, I just saw that person. It's like, no, you haven't seen them in years. So this car that Nishi has taken, it is full of drugs and cash. Also, the Yakuza boss, he has like a robot dog or something on his shoulder for some reason. <laughs> I thought that was, that was interesting. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, um, and then the dog or whatever, it's on his shoulder and then it falls off into his like coffee and then it breaks and he gets all sad. And that's like a whole moment. It's the, I don't this know. Movie, I think I might have missed that part. This movie uses its moments. Um, so yeah, uh, the boss, he, he calls Nishi using the car phone and he threatens to frame the three for armed robbery and murder. And then basically we, ha- we have a big chase scene. The chase scene was fucking dope. The chase scene, we have Yakuza with pickaxes and chainsaws. I love that shit. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I also like when the guy was running on the highway. Like yeah, that, that was miles and probably kilometers. They use the metric system there. They use it everywhere. Yeah. What, he's running he's incredibly... He's running incredibly fast, and like he even like notices, he's like, "Oh shit, I'm running fast!" And then he's like getting into it, and then he hits a building, and uh, that's the end of him. That was actually such a good way to describe it. He's like, "Oh shit, I am running fast." Yeah, and he's like into the thing, and then boom! Again, this this movie has like a twisted Looney Tunes vibe to it. The more the more I'm talking about the movie, the more I am enjoying it. I feel I'm like, okay, I'm starting to get it. We're all we're all on this journey of kind of getting this movie. Uh, yeah. where where were we? One of the Yakuza, he gets a flashback to his lost bird, whose name was Peachy, 
And he's like, oh, hey, Peachy, I finally found you. And then Peachy has a halo and then the guy dies. Did you notice that one? No, I didn't. I, I'm trying to think now. I didn't notice that one either. I'm going yeah. to be honest with you. I watched the whole movie, but I watched it on 1.5 times speed. At oh, times. Well, there you, well, there you go. That's your issue because the movie moves fucking fast. No, it's but not- I will say I like I could read the text thoroughly. Like I made sure to maintain reading all the subtitles. But then when it started having like seizure scenes, I had to like stop and like slow it down back to regular speed. I would not recommend this movie on 1.5 times speed. I no, I, was... I wouldn't either. I, I literally <laughs> thought I was going to have a seizure at one point. I had to drop it back down to one multiple times because it was just too many things going on. I, I will never disrespect film by doing 1.5 times. I know Malcolm admitted to that once, and I was like, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> fuck you. That's, that's cheating on the podcast. You can't do that. Anyways, well, it's too late. Anyways, it's a fun <laughs> gag. It was a fun gag. This guy... He's like, he's having like his life flashing before his eyes. He goes back again. I've lost pets before. I would be, you know, I'd be like, oh shit, my, my favorite kitty, my favorite kitty. He's back. And then I'm like, oh, why are you back? You died. And it's like, oh fuck, I'm actually dead. <laughs> it's probably how it happens, man. That's probably how, how uh, a quick death like that happens. Anyways, yeah, exactly. that, that one Yakuza, he reunites with Peachy, but uh, sadly his reunion means he's fucking dead. So th- this part coming up, uh, this is a part where the movie spends a lot of time on, and I feel like it kind of derailed the film. We get to the part where Nishi and the girls, because I didn't mention this, uh, both uh, Mion and her sister Yang, they come with Nishi during this whole car chase. They are swallowed by a whale, and they meet an old man. And I was like, okay, cool. This is going to just be you know another five to ten minutes with the old man. And it takes up uh, almost the entire film until like the ending sequence. Hey, can we circle back a little bit? All right, let's circle back. You're the one. There's actually a couple more football references in there that we missed. Okay. This is my time to shine. So when they're trying to, like, uh, entrap the car, uh, and they're on the phone with the Yakuza boss, some guy says, uh, like, oh, we've set up, like, excellent defense. Zidane and Figo couldn't break it or pass through it. I knew those references. Did you? I knew right. Zidane at least. I remembered Zidane. He's the guy who headbutted the dude, right? That's right. That's he's like one of the best soccer players of all time. But then he headbutted a guy at the World Cup, Marco Materazzi, an Italian player. And then after that, he's just known as the headbutt guy. Unfortunately, this movie came out in two thousand four. When did the headbutt happen? Two thousand and six. Okay. Okay. So pre headbutt. What? And then the other guy you mentioned is Luis Figo, who's a Portuguese player, who's like, like one of the greatest of all time, but not like, like he's not like top ten or twenty greatest. So it's kind of a random reference, but that kind of makes sense. I think like two thousand and four would have been like both of those guys' sort of primes or near it. Yeah, they would. They definitely would have been like some of the most popular people in two thousand. Any more? Any more yeah. football references? No, just the three of them, but. I'm glad that's the Zane one I picked up on. I was like, I wasn't sure if it was a football reference or just something else. Okay, nice. That's dope. So, we get the whale stuff. Domenico, do you feel yeah. that they spent too much time in that fucking whale? They spent way too much time in that whale. That was... I liked the whale for, for a while. I liked it for a while. I'm like, okay, this is cool. But then it takes up like a good hour, like close to an hour, if not a full hour of the movie. I didn't even realize they went into a whale at first because it just seemed like it was like dark and it seemed like waves. And then I skipped back again. I rewatched it. I was like, oh, no, they clearly went into a whale. Yeah, they were in there for a while. 
I don't know if the whale's symbolic of something. It must be. Yeah. I don't know what it's symbolic of. And uh, if you're a, if you want to know what the old man's name is, guess what? He's got no name. He's old man. So this old man, he was formerly Yakuza. This is going to be hard for me to explain. I'm sorry, dear listener, if you're hoping for a better explanation. Uh, I could not find one, but basically his whole backstory is that he was involved in a deal gone bad. He tried to escape. Um, when he had his uh, briefcase, it had like a cartoon character that vaguely resembles Astro Boy on it. And uh, when he was trying to escape from this deal gone bad, he, he ended up, uh, his car j- jumped off uh, a barge or something and he fell into a whale. Am, am I answering that sufficiently, Domenico? That's pretty accurate. I think there was... Like he grabbed the wrong briefcase at some point. I don't know if there was supposed to be like drugs in the briefcase. Oh, okay. Or, so uh, he grabbed the kids. He grabbed a briefcase for his kids. Yeah, or I think he. I, yeah, something about like cards. Like he grabbed a briefcase full of cards. So that would make sense if it had the Astro Boy logo on it. Like he grabbed his like ch- his child's briefcase. He was supposed to take his, and then like the deal went wrong. So I also looked into this on Reddit. There is a theory, uh, and it seems like there's enough evidence. That the old man is the father of the current Yakuza boss. So that his his actions ended up leading his son into a life of crime. How did Reddit come to that conclusion? Uh, I, I, they didn't give enough information. But I mean, I guess the Yakuza boss also does have like a robot dog on him. So it shows that he's still got interest in like robots and shit. Interesting. All right. Yeah. I don't know. It all ties in together. We, we, we do see in this film that a lot of things are tied in together. So... Yeah, he was doing a, a deal that went bad. First of all, this old man has a very good setup inside the whale. <laughs> uh, yeah. This, this lair is filled with sexy, sexy stuff. I don't know if the whale is just like randomly eating, like, I don't know, shit, shit from a sex shop, or he just constantly gets lucky and gets everything he wants. He also is able to like make incredibly good sushi. And he's like, uh, <laughs> giving pe- he's giving people lobster. Like, they're like having fucking lobster dinners. Like, bro. I don't know, man. If 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 this is like your ev- every day inside a whale, that's that's you know free rent. Yeah, yeah, dude. I want to live in a whale. He's got like his own like cool pad, spacious, absurd amount of food, um, all these collectibles. He just says they keep washing up. I mean, that whale is massive. If you were to like put in like I couldn't even like how large is that whale? If you were to describe it, like compared to something, because uh, at one point they show that it swallowed a high rise building. So <laughs> it swallowed a high rise building. So fuck. What's the, the size what? of a city? Yeah, I don't know. It's massive. A city, it's massive a city, whale. a city sized whale. Fuck. Yeah. So it's the just power, it's just sucking up everything in the ocean. The power of animation, man. The power of animation. Any anyone yeah. trying to find logic in this movie is like, no, that's not the point of it at all. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, Nishi and the girls, they're having a good time at first, but then three days into it, they're already getting depressed as they're starting to stay in the whale longer, but the old man motivates them and they dance their worries away. We get like a long dance montage. Yeah. Holy shit. We did. Again, part of, part of the problem about podcasting about a film like this is like, it is so, it's so excessively visual. Yeah, you, the, can, you can't even begin to describe it. You can't it. even describe it. It's, so many of the visuals are so quick, too. It's like, you know, it, they're flashing before your eyes, but it is an experience plot, man. This is this is not a plot-driven film. This is an exper- experience-driven movie, is what I'm saying. 
Mm-hmm. That's a good way to describe it. What do you think of the story of Nishi telling the story of the poo-eating astronauts that live in a cell in Mion's colon? That was a fucking story. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know where that came from or why he felt compelled to share that story, but the way he was describing it was ridiculous. The visuals were ridiculous. Again, it's just so many, like, I don't know, from, like, whale to the end of the film, like, when they enter the whale was just, like, absurd. And the, the, he got shot in his butthole, like, 15 minutes before that, and that's, like, not even the craziest part. The coolest part, but it wasn't the craziest part. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. You know what's also crazy? The fact that the story that he tells about the, the poo-eating astronauts, who were also, like, they also befriended creature, that's the whole other part of the story, they befriended this creature and they're helping it out and they're also eating poo and they're trapped in the colon of the woman he loves. And then the astronauts then get pooped out. Probably, probably the craziest part of all of this is the story leads to him getting intimate yeah. with me. That's what I was about to say. That's like, that's the craziest part is that's what sparked their intimacy. Yes. Imagine <laughs> I, I could only be so lucky if I told a girl a story about astronauts that eat poo that are inside her that she poops out and that she's like fuck yeah let's get it on i love you i will i will leave my incredibly attractive fiance who's you know rich and good looking also a nice guy by all accounts the fiance is a really good dude you know he, he fights for her she she's like yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a whole other thing she shows zero concern from her fiance from the moment they leave the bar restaurant and then we never, never brought up again. Yeah, she's not like, oh, like, they, you know, they, they make reference, to, oh, we might be wanted for murder, or the Yakuza are after us, but, like, nothing like, oh, my fiance, he's okay, like, this, like, she just couldn't care less. She's like, I'm living in a whale now, we're partying. So, meanwhile, uh, her sister Yang, Yang discovers her love of dancing and art. Mion, she practice she practices swimming, which is a dream she gave up when her breasts got bigger. Again, this movie's this movie's fucking horny. She's like, yeah, your boobs got too big, so uh, you had to give up swimming. <laughs> that, that's probably physiologically accurate, but it is funny they said that. It, it, I don't know. I, I've never thought of it that way. I don't, I don't follow enough swimmers. I haven't been paying to swimmer chess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't Maybe, Michael Phelps doesn't have boobs. Then. Michael, Michael, yes, Michael Phelps. You can't name a female swimmer. Get fucking sexist, Domenico. Goddamn, man. Hey, I can't name any other swimmers besides Michael Phelps. Who was the guy who uh, who faked a mugging in like Brazil or some shit? There was the uh, other one. Oh, I forgot his name. He w- that does uh, kind of ring a bell, but I, I know. I'm gonna look this head. up. Uh, swimmer, sw- swimmer lies about robbery. Oh, Ryan Lockheed. Yeah, that was the guy who said he was Ryan. Oh, yeah, that does. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's set Lockheed Gate. That was a whole thing. Uh, I don't know if he faced charges. I'm going to. Oh, he was charged in Brazil. Uh, there would. But Lockheed's lawyer said there would be no response to the charge, making a false statement, which would, which would create the possibility of Lockheed being tried in absentia. It doesn't. Uh, no charges. So guess what? He was fine. I mean, I guess we all forgot about him. Clearly, we don't remember his name. But yeah, he he didn't face any serious charges. Anyways, we can't name a lady swimmer. So I I don't know about the whole boobs thing. But this is also an animated woman. So her boobs are cartoonishly large. Yeah, they are. They're larger and, and than they need to be. But the, the the animators are clearly having an enjoyable time, just having them bounce in ways that uh, are not physically possible. 
anyways, yeah, Nishi, he practices his drawing. He's drawing uh, manga. And then, yeah, he finally hooks up with Mion. And the old man then reveals the water level is rising because the whale is dying. And this is where Nishi finally gives his big epic hero moment speech. He says, there's so much out there. So many people living different lives. Incredibly good guys, bad guys, folks completely different from us. It's one huge melting pot. See, it's not about success, dying in the streets, who's better, who's not. I just want to be a part of it. I realize that even if I have no connections, no talent, even if I'm one big loser, I want to use my hands and feet to think and move, to shape my own life. We can just die here or we can try. That's the message of the movie, I suppose. Yeah, that was actually, that did resonate with me a little bit. That was kind of neat. I remember hearing that. I was like, oh shit, yeah, you go. You go, you go, um, Nishi. You go, Nishi. Uh, so, he made a very valid point there. What yeah, we just, I found interesting, though, is that, like, they only decided to do that once the whale they thought was dying, or was dying, I suppose, but, like... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing, though. Once, once you realize the chips are down, that's when you have to make a choice, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was great. It was fantastic. What I was saying, though, is they were pretty content to just live in the whale for the rest of their life. And then after that speech, they were ready to get out of the whale. So I don't know. He should have had that energy sooner, probably. But that was pretty dope. He should have. But I mean, you know, you, you don't get that energy until the chips are down. And you, hey, man, listen, if I'm having like lobster dinner every day inside a whale and again, rent free, I'm with two hotties. I mean, hey, you know, that's true. He's hooking up too. he's got all, he's got a lot of action going on. Who's, so. who, who's to say who's to say, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Me on sister Yang. I mean, you know. She, she's gonna get. I was these. gonna ask, man. I was gonna ask. Yeah, she's, she might be hooking up with old man, right? Well, she could hook up with old man, or she could just hook up with Nishi, and they just, you know, polyamory. Why not? I mean, they're both y- young. That's probably less gross. I mean, what, what's what's gross? No, I, I agree. It's grosser with like. Oh wait! Oh, oh wait! Her sister. Right? Fuck that. Well, that is gross. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Old man, just hook up with the old man. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's grosser? Uh. uh Partial, ins- uh, I mean, yeah. Fuck it's not instant, but like hooking so up with your sibling spouse or not spouse partner or hooking up with an old man. Uh, let us know I, in the comments. Let us know in the comments. Yeah, that's a good question. Your mileage may vary. Uh, or do you hate old people or do you do you find being with your sibling uh, to be gross? No judgment. I, I respect both options. Uh, if you're if, if you're an ageist, I respect that. Old people. Also, old man is like. I don't know, man. Also, there was like a scene. We should we should talk about one of the scenes that was part of the montage, which is like the the jump rope with their dicks. I mean, they, they have like yeah. Uh, what the fuck was that? What was attached to their dicks? I think like it was like bamboo or something or some shit like yeah, bamboo okay, rods. It was, yeah, but it was still yeah, like yeah, yeah. I know it wasn't their dicks, but it was still there. The symbolism was there, and the girls are just having a great time. They're like, "Fuck yeah!" I'm like, you know, jump jump roping off your you know dick bamboo. What's um? What's Mion's sister's name? Uh, Yang or Yan? It depends on the translation. In the, Wait, in the what version- was that outfit she was wearing? Where she came out with like balloons? Oh yeah, it? she's again, man. This is from two thousand four. I mean, this is shit where balloons it's like shoot out of her pussy, like everything. She's covering herself in paint. She's jumping on the walls. Like that was like and like painted. They like uh, they had a what's that? They had like a Burning Man thing going on in the but in yeah. a whale's that scene goes on. That was, for quite a few were, that was Burning Man. That was Burning Man before people in a whale. Burning Man, a whale. That seems dope. I'm sure plenty of people would be into that. 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, that was a that was a visual scene that goes on for, for minutes at a time. It's not just like quick like she's she's doing the paint like for a no, good, she, like, every she did every color of the rainbow. It was like yellow, purple, <laughs> green, blue, like she covered herself in paint and like we're towards the end. So, yeah, Nishi he has this big hero moment speech. And uh, so they decide to get on their boat. They've got their motorboat going. Um, the old man, oh fuck yeah! The old man gets hard when he watches Nishi and Mion get it on from above because they're on their boat, but they're also taking breaks to fuck, I guess. So like, there's like a whole uh, what's the word uh, bunk bed situation going on. I don't know how that worked, but it, the scene exists. Domenico, you can you can uh, attest that the scene exists, right? Yeah. No, Jack's making it. Jack's making this up. <laughs> the old man getting hard while he watches uh, Nishi and Mion bone. Again, man, this... I I can't even fault fault the old man. He's uh, he's been oh, in a whale stomach for thirty years. It smells down there. He has no access to any. Oh, listen, hey, he's your visual. You're, like, yeah. If if you're, if, you know what, he it's fine to watch. He's not acting. He's not like trying to get in between them. He's just you know, he's, yeah. hey. There, there could be worse action he takes. Uh, anyway, well, except uh, for the point where they he, they dress the two of them. Do you remember that? That was like which early. Part? Oh, the, the two girls oh, are taking a bath, and he says they're like once a perv, always a perv, and they like, like run down and like throw a bunch of clothes on them, and then like disappear. And they weren't like actual clothes; they were like bizarre items to cover their boobs and stuff that they made swimsuits out of. By two thousand four, anime R-rated film standards—that's like pretty nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? It could be far worse. They're they're like, hey, here's some outfits, but it, it's not even like they're it's not even like they're like uh, forcing them to be new. They're just like, hey, here's some sexy outfits, and they tell them to fuck off, and then they're like, okay, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Especially the old man. The old man has not seen a human woman in thirty years, for God's sakes. True. Um, so Mion, she tells Yang that she's going to be more of an adult now, and that she realized Yang was the one who actually needed the support because yeah, Yang was the older sister and. Yang was more put together. That's Yang's whole arc that she she was the more serious of the two and she realized, "Hey, I just really wanted to be an artist in my life. That's actually what I wanted to do." I think that was a nice reconciliation. It's just the other issue is Yang does not get a lot of dialogue in this movie. It's it's it it feels again, maybe if I rewatch, I'll notice Yang's character more, but it's more that she's Yang almost is, completely unnecessary if you think about it. She kind of like is. This- whole movie could exist with just Nishi and Mion like running away and then they end up in the whale and they chill with the old man. I guess she's there to just make it less awkward because if there's the three of them and he's watching them bang and stuff, it's like <laughs> a little too weird. I don't know, but like the fact she's there just adds like a little levity to the situation. But yeah, she's completely unnecessary in the character. Yeah, when she was getting this like whole big arc moment of hey you know, I was the one who needed to be the adult all along. I'm like, okay, well, I didn't really know that Yang felt that way. There just wasn't, there, there weren't any scenes where she was really showing resentment or any like hints of that. I, I wasn't picking up on it. You weren't picking up on it. Clearly, clearly. Uh, that's why we have two people doing this podcast to make sure we're both on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, as they try to escape the whale, the boat breaks and the gang starts running on water. And uh, there's there's a fun scene where Nishi's ankle collapses, and uh, we get a flashback of him being told to drink milk to make his bones stronger. And then, as a child, he tosses the milk down the drain. But then we see that the mother 
had put the milk back into his food. And then the scene returns to the present where his bone is healed. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, I did drink milk actually <laughs> again. Okay. That, that makes more sense too. I didn't, I didn't even understand that. Yeah, no, that's again, you watch it at 1.5 speed. Some of these visuals are far beyond 1.5. <laughs> no, I, I dropped I, you know, it's funny. I rewatched that whole thing. Uh, and like I dropped such a long scene maybe because i was watching a lot of it 1.5 and i watched that in regular scene but <laughs> the whole period where they're running on the water ran like six and a half minutes am i wrong it was absurdly long and so he breaks his leg and then you know he didn't drink the milk and then the mom puts the milk in his food and then i thought he like rebroke his leg again but maybe no I it's know. i mean i don't know <laughs> it if it's healed, like, okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's like him having the memory or it's just th this. I think again, this movie has a, has a sense of humor about it. It's like, Oh yeah, I broke my leg. And then, you know, you, you have a memory where it's like, Oh yeah, my bones were weak. That's why I broke my leg. And then it's like, Oh wait, never mind, My bones are fine. Actually. Because again, I thought they just showed it breaking a second time. Okay. That makes sense. No, it, it, it healed his leg. I don't oh, know if it's because of the memory or again, the, the weird fucking reality of it. Listen, th mm. this movie does not operate on real world logic. I think we can agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was a fun gag. Anyways, uh, Nishi escaped from the whale and he crosses time and space and he sees his life flash before his eyes. And then on this new world. So here's how I interpreted it. And then here's how Reddit corrected me. I interpreted these scenes because we see like a new reality where, where Nishi is with Mion. Um, Yang is an artist. Uh, the old man is a chef. Mion is like, a successful cook but then we also see like different fates and i was kind of confused i was like are these different fates just further into their future but according to reddit and we all we all know reddit is always correct um reddit says that these are all parallel realities so when we see like uh yang as like a pro wrestler or something it's not that she was an artist and a pro wrestler it's that in one reality she is an artist in the other she's a pro wrestler in another one she is a model that that is the meaning of that scene which i suppose sure it's it's up to your interpretation. What what do you think, Domenico? What is, what do you like? I just feel like that was like not satisfying at all. The moment they escaped the whale, I wanted it to be more of like a big finale of visuals. You saw like the mall escape for like a quarter of a second, and then it just sort of focuses in on Nishi, like flying out of the whale. I mean, they all would have died. Let's be realistic. They're like well kilometer in the sky flying out of a whale and they're gonna fall into the ocean from there like they all would have died but besides well, that they like, all would have died it was just like a weird conclusion they all would have died in the whale too sure okay yeah they, they all would have died in a whale my bad <laughs> they all would have died my if bad. a whale ate them or if they drowned and yeah. the car all right the car just... my bad you're right <laughs> and the car just sank to the uh sank to the ocean and didn't even reach a whale you would have died when you got shot in the asshole and the movie would have ended so my bad okay sorry for bringing that <laughs> but yeah it just it wasn't satisfying to me like watching them escape I was like i watched them run for seven minutes along the water they're like he like ran through a high-rise building there's like a tank where the fuck did the whale swallow a tank he ran over a tank and then just like they fly out of there and then just like nothing no back to shore no we're free no like hey it's just cutscenes. we just started getting flash lines or timelines and flashes of cutscenes. like that was very unsatisfying to me if i'm being completely honest i i will explain to you the timelines and the flashes of cutscenes because this does make more sense upon a second viewing so we get these possible futures that's how we'll acknowledge it because reddit is always right of course 
<laughs> and then uh, we see that the world is reset, but this time Mion doesn't get her leg caught in the subway. And then the world yes, goes from... I did, notice, I did notice that, yeah. So, this is when the new reality begins. Mion doesn't get her leg caught in the subway, and then the colors change, and then we see the Angela Anaconda-style version of Mion and Nishi uh, meeting each other. And then the title mind game appears again. And the film could have very well ended at this point, but instead we get to see the backstory of all these characters yet again. And again, it, it, it's basically the same scenes we've seen at the beginning of the film, but now we actually understand that, okay, we are following the old man. We are following Mion's father. It even tracks us with the birth of Nishi and Mion. And also the way that time is tracked is that you constantly see, uh, you see spaceships and they're piloted by different animals. Again, the, the different animals being the animals that uh, went to space during the timeline of these events. Did you notice that? Mm -mm. Oh, okay, again, I, it, it, it's quick stuff. But the, but the timeline is marked by which animals were sent to space, which I was just like, that's fucking fun. Sure. You see dogs, you see rabbits. <laughs> I didn't know rabbits. I'll be honest with you. I was I was a little angry at this point, and like <laughs> I felt like I got rickrolled. That's how I felt after watching this movie. I felt like I watched like this opening scene that I almost texted you. Like, why am I even watching this? This is going to be an hour and a half of just schizophrenia and like flashing scenes. And then I watched a middle portion of the movie, which I actually enjoyed. There was like a lot of compelling moments to it, and I was like, oh yeah, we're building up to this, and you know the whale. And then it's like a lot of wackiness in between, but that's fine. And then the end is they just fly out of the whale, and then just another like mash of flash, flashing cutscenes. And I was like, I hate this. I felt like I got pranked. I feel like I got rickrolled. There wasn't like an ending that was satisfying to me. I feel like they dragged me along for an hour and 40 minutes, maybe an hour and 20 when you factor in fast forward. <laughs> and then they just threw that shit at me. I, I like how, you know, I've, I've looked at some other reviews. I wanted to see second opinions and, and everyone's general view of the, the themes of the film. I was expecting like a, a big, bold message that I was just missing, but everyone has the same consensus, which is just live life to the fullest. I'm like, all right, I accept that message, but I'm just like, I thought I thought there was more that I was missing. But no, everyone seems to be in agreement. Live life for the yeah, forest. I mean, they touched, they touched on that. Like, when they crashed the car into the whale, he's like, let's explore, you know, we're free, like, we were children, and on the playground, we're not constricted about worrying about things, like, let's just, and they go, like, swim to the ship, and they're being silly, like, there's definitely, there's definitely an element of that. And obviously, um, like, Nishi's big sort of, like, comes that, too. Yeah, it's like any movie, any character's big speech at the end is just gonna tell you what the movie's been about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it follows that. This is a very unconventional film, but it does follow that one convention, which is the lead character explains the movie at the end. All right. I think we're ready to go to our favorite segment before moving on to our final segment. Uh, Domenico, it is time. Oh, yeah. Cue the music. Oh. Speedwagon. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. See, that's what happens when you do the show six or seven times. You remember the segment. 
So for those just joining in the Speedway, I don't know why you would be joining in for this fucking movie too. Like really of all the episodes to start with, why fucking start with this one? Really? Really guys. You know what? I wonder that though too. Like I'm sure there's people that they're just really into like an anime or show and they're just randomly, they watch it recently. Like, what would happen if I search mind game anime on Spotify or something like that? I guess so. Maybe this is like, maybe this is the deep podcast. Yeah. Maybe this is the deep cut that uh, this yeah. podcast needs to, you know, I, I got mm. a buddy. He's been on the podcast before. He uh, he got like 10,000 views doing a video for um, that sitcom uh, Kim's Convenience. And uh, unfortunately for him, it was it was about the finale of Kim's Convenience. And I was like, well, bro, you missed out. You know, if only you did those Kim's Convenience videos earlier, because, you know, you can't talk about it anymore because the show's over. But he got 10,000 views because he's like. Turns out there were a lot of people who needed Kim's convenience content on YouTube and they weren't getting it. So you know what? Maybe maybe someone's searching this and like, fuck, I just watch mind games. You're filling out you're filling a mind game void right now. You know, that's the thing, man. There's there's a million podcasts talking about My Hero Academia or Chainsaw Man, but you know, they need fucking mind game. Anyways, yeah. so for those just joining in, the Speedwagon, which is in honor of the great hero of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Robert EO Speedwagon. Uh, it is our favorite supporting character of this film. Here, here's the thing, guys. I'll go first, but I was disappointed about the lack of potential supporting characters in this movie. I was expecting there to be more characters. I don't know about you, Domenico. You know what? Didn't cross my mind, but now that you said that and like thinking through it, I definitely agree. There's not a lot of characters in this film. There's like there's like seven characters, and three of them are criminals and, and rapists. Yeah. So yeah. You got a couple criminals, rapists, couple Maybe, more criminals. I think I think eight. I think eight characters overall. I'm gonna go with one of my eight characters. I guess I could have also, you know, picked God, but fuck that. No, I'm gonna go for uh, the true hero of this film, which is uh, Mion and uh, Yang's father. Because you know what, this guy, he had five girls in <laughs> five girls in Tokyo, three in Osaka. Yeah, he's a player. He ruled, man. He ruled, you know? And hey, I wonder what his life would have been like if he went with that promo girl. <laughs> well, we went we would different timeline. That should be a like a a spin-off series of this movie. I think he rules. He's a fun character. And it, it's funny that even his daughters are just fine the fact that he has like a, a girlfriend who is their age. Most most children I, I my mom has some friends uh who are who are the same age as their uh divorcee mother's new boyfriend and the they do not uh, approve of those relationships, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not in that situation. But I don't think I would be very comfortable with it. That's for sure. I know. And again, you know, if, if my parents owned a bar, my dad owned a bar. It was a cool place to hang out. You know, a different story. No, I'm just kidding. Clearly, clearly, like, they're on good terms with their father. They probably like his girlfriend. His girlfriend's chill. Maybe they're hanging out with his girlfriend all the time. Maybe they're maybe they're all peers. Also, the the yeah. girlfriend is again. Uh, a yakuza girl so you know what Mion and yang's uh father seems like a pretty cool dude so he's my speed wagon yeah. all right uh you kind of put me on the spot it's funny too no you didn't actually because i knew about the segment i still didn't even think to pick a speed wagon <laughs> who is my speed wagon i'm not gonna pick any of the four in the whale because that'd be kind oh, of a cop whale. though they're not no, whale, whale. whale is a character not any of the four in the whale um, I'm gonna go with Atsu, the Maradona of Osaka, <laughs> they call him. Now, he's a bad guy, he's a total piece of shit, but 
he was like the main driving force in my in my opinion the like coolest and funniest scene in the show so like i found the the bar scene the most interesting uh he shoots guy in the butthole he says what does he say pp <laughs> what does he say can you remind uh, me uh i'm gonna say man i took a lot of notes he says uh <laughs> Uh, shit pee dick ten times with a kiss. He says shit pee dick ten times and still gets shot. Like, uh, yeah, I yeah, I like him. He he left it <laughs> like even after that movie. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about Atsu. I don't know why. There's a lot more to think about, but I'm like, yeah, I like that Atsu guy. All right, fair enough. That's the speed wagon. Yeah. It's time for final thoughts, yo. My final thoughts on this film. First of all, I am glad I watched a good portion of it a second time. This is. This is not a movie where you can watch it one time and completely get it. You will you will gain a new appreciation for it a second time. I can guarantee that again, having only just watched the opening and the ending a second time. That was already enough for me to be like, okay, I kind of get what they're going for. It's it's also an experience. I think there there are anime films, you know, there's films in general. There's films in general, you watch it, you understand it, and then you never think about it again. This, this film goes places. I, I know that's not a profound statement to say, oh, this movie goes places. But again, having covered like, again, like, you know, ni- we've done 93 of these podcasts. The fact that I'm able to tell Domenico, I think this might be the most bonkers thing we've fucking done. I think that says something. Anime is quite bonkers. And and this film st- still stumped me. There, oh, yeah, think- it stumped me too. I'll tell you that. No, that was, that was pretty well laid. There's not much more I can say. We already said, you know, live life to the fullest, but I, I think, and then, you know, the point of this podcast is, hey, listen, we cover we cover the conventional anime, we cover the Dragon Balls, we're, we're going to do the, I wouldn't call Chainsaw Man conventional, but, you know, we're going to do the popular stuff, we're going to do the the slightly out of the ordinary stuff. Again, we've done the Satoshi Cones, we've done the critically acclaimed stuff, we've done the Ghiblis, but to do something like this where me and the guests are just being like, fuck, I don't even know if we can talk about this shit. I think that that's a mark of a of an experience, you know. What what do you say, Domenico? Yeah, I'm not gonna say I enjoyed it. Well, I did not enjoy it. Like it was it was an experience. That's yeah. a great way to describe it. It was one hundred percent an experience. Now, you're probably right if I rewatched it a second time, which I'm not gonna do, or a third time I might have more respect for it or appreciate it, but maybe I'll change my mind, who knows? But as things stand, I watched it one time. It was quite the experience. I texted you, fuck you, literally after I finished watching it, because I couldn't believe I watched that. You know, what a journey. But, you know, live life to the fullest. I agree. And that's the part of this podcast, you know. Everyone who comes on this podcast, you know, maybe some guests are people who are already fans of the material, but 90% of the time, the point of this podcast is getting people to watch things that they never thought they'd fucking watch. And listen, even though this movie is critically acclaimed, just because it's critically acclaimed doesn't necessarily mean everyone's going to love it. We're, we're all going to have different reactions to it. And hey, you know, maybe when I watch this movie a 10th time, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is one of the best anime films of all time. Or Actually, maybe I wanted to ask you that. How critically what? acclaimed is this? Like, is this film this is like, like, pretty well liked? It's popular. It won multiple awards. And again, like fil- anime directors whom I love, uh, loved it. They, they praised it heavily. I think, again, there are movies. Again, it's like there's movies in general that are loved by critics. And, you know, audiences are just like, I don't get this shit. And I think that's mm-hmm. fair. I think, it, I think if you're a person who watches a lot of 
not just anime, but a lot of films, you're going to be more critical of things that are conventional. And when something like this comes out, mm-hmm. that, that is something yeah. where you can't put your finger on it. That's going to, that's going to be like, okay, that's more interesting to me. Do I understand it completely? I don't fucking know, but at least it, it's going to come across as just, I know, I know we're all stumped, but I think that's the whole point of this film. It is not, it is not a simple, you know, good versus evil story. I mean, even then I, I like studio Ghibli films, but those are more mainstream. They, those are objectively easier for people to understand, which is why non-anime viewers love Ghibli's and also why this podcast has not covered as much Ghibli as we can, because it's like, yeah, that shit's good. We get it, but I want to do something that's tougher. Have you guys done a lot of Ghibli? You haven't we've, like, done. We've only we've only done like three, and I've kind of. I'm sorry, dear listener. You know, drop this podcast if you want. I'm not sure if we're going to do more Ghibli, uh, oh, because shit. like I've, co- I've covered the Ghibli's I want to. I've covered The Wind Rises. I've covered Princess Mononoke. Well, okay, co- this is '93. Well, then there's two that uh, will not air. One of them got lost, and one of them uh, the the guest okay. didn't have a. The guests didn't have a good time on one of them, so we're not going to ever air that one. I was actually going to make a joke, and I forgot to make it, so I'll make it now. But yeah. I was going to say, you're finally running out of animes. I don't know, you made me watch this shit with you. Thankfully, like, thankfully, there are new anime all the fucking time. There, yeah, there's like an infinite amount, I'm sure. But yeah. Oh, I was I was just confirming with a with a future guest about what we're going to do in a few weeks, and I'm very excited. So, yes, you guys will be happy. We're we're still doing. We're gonna do some popular stuff. We're gonna do some deep cuts. We've we've got a schedule. I guess this is the part where I apologize to the listener and be like, yes, I know the the episodes have not been coming out every Tuesday. This one's coming out on a Thursday. Uh, we are gonna take a week off next week because, of course, uh, getting a guest for Christmas was fucking impossible. So mm-hmm. it's the hall. It's the holidays, you guys. It's the holidays. Again, we are in the Malcolmless era. I am doing my best. If you want to come on the podcast, fucking DM me. I'm, I'm, I just need new, you know, I'm down for new guests. It's always fun getting random people. But it's a new era for Is This Anime. We are certainly going to cover more. Malcolm is already preparing his return for episode 100. This is like 93, so we are getting closer to that. Uh, I'm also, the alcohol is starting to hit me, so I'm just rambling. <laughs> Domenico, you are a private citizen. You cannot be found, so thank you. That makes this ending easier. You can find me at Jack is Jack. DM me if you have any recommendations. DM the podcast as well. At is this anime pod on Instagram. We technically have a Twitter, but we haven't posted on there in months just because Instagram is more fun. Not even the Elon thing, just because, you know, fuck. It's 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 hard marketing. It's easier to market on Instagram, I've noticed, than Twitter. <laughs> yes, we stopped posting on Twitter because of Elon. I'm just- Nah, it's like it's got nothing to do with that. We we stopped posting yeah, yeah. like a year ago on fucking Twitter. It's like whatever. It's like the it, dead it, social media platform that only psychopaths use, including myself. It's really <laughs> it's, like, no reason to be on there, but to argue with strangers. There really is no reason, and you know I'll argue with people on my real Twitter, not on my fucking is this anime pod. That's just for me to follow the people who have blocked me. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyways, follow us at is this anime pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we are we are going to be covering the film Memories, um, not next Tuesday, the Tuesday of, I think it's Tuesday, the January 2nd. Let's look that up. No, I got that wrong. Fuck me. January 3rd is when is this anime will make their return with the film Memories, so that will be good. And then, uh, yeah, we, we probably are going to cover Chainsaw Man sooner rather than later, hint, hint, unless the, the guest bails, <laughs> in which case we'll, we'll still try and do it. I think that's all for now. Uh, that was a very, you know, 
the last time we did a podcast uh for me in this state i was hungover this is the drunk one merry christmas to all of you Domenico, you, you, you have a, what, what would your uh, woman say? You have a, a woman of the Hebrew descent. What do they say instead of Merry Christmas? Uh, happy, happy Hanukkah, I suppose. Is Hanukkah still going on? Uh, yeah, we're like, as of recording this right now, we're on like day four or five. How many days are there? Eight. And remember. Eight. Yeah, when is this podcast drop? uh in like t- under t- under 12 hours i'm gonna edit this like right in the morning i'm going oh, to bed shit. now okay. yeah it should be like the eighth day of hanukkah no seventh day of hanukkah when this drops i don't know it's, well it'll be in the midst of hanukkah happy hanukkah out there if you're listening and remember hanukkah has eight days bye